Chapter Fourteen of An Irishman's Difficulties with the Dutch Language by Kirin Aguil. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Anna Simon. Chapter Fourteen: Some Characteristics of the Compendious Guide to the Dutch Language. There was something good on every page, as might be expected from the very preface, and withal there was a steady process of boasting about its own merits that was most refreshing in the barren realm of grammar with mock modesty it dubbed itself on the title-page the compendious guide and followed this up with another title korte wegwijzer tot de nederduitse taal the whole compilation was evidently the work of several generations of literary gentlemen who aimed at the polish of the civilized lady in quite different ways but whose united efforts certainly made the work remarkably incoherent we all quizzed O'Neill unmercifully about the civilized lady, and read some dialogues with immense satisfaction. So uproarious, indeed, did the fun become at last, that our neighbors on the stair came trooping in. Three of them were Cape students, hard-working medicals, whom we never heard speaking Dutch, though we were well aware they must have known it. Like the others, they insisted on a full explanation of the tumult, and we showed them Boyton, they didn't mind so much about the civilized lady, but when they turned to the polite dialogues at the end, a kind of shudder seemed to pass through them, as if they had got an electric shock, till finally they dropped the book and screamed with delight. "'Why, that's nothing so very odd,' said O'Neill, looking hurt. "'I've often used lots of those phrases.' Picking up the disheveled leaves from the floor, he ran his eye down a page or two and said, "'Yes, of course.' These things are all right, a bit stiff and bookish, perhaps, but correct, quite correct. You fellows needn't be so excited over nothing. Read us some, clamoured the man from the Cape. Read us some of the dialogues you imitated. Go on, read. Oh, said O'Neill, almost any one of these conversations about common things is good enough. Here, for instance. And he took the book in his hand and walked about the room, giving us first the English then the Dutch. Touching buying and selling. Wegens kopen en verkopen. Have you any fine hats? Hebt gij mooie hoeden? Yes, sir, this is a dreadfully nice one. Ja, hoedemaker, deze tenminste is ijselijk mooi. Just come close to the fire, sir, and examine that hat narrowly. Ei lieve, kruip bij het vuur, meneer, en bezie die hoed eens wel. That conversation, said the professor, must have been of immense help to you now in modern Holland. Hmm, replied Jack doubtfully. O'Neill, said I, stop, you're making that out of your head. That stuff's never in any book. Well, was the hasty reply, I see this isn't so good as some parts, not so practical, perhaps, but that's all here. Wait a bit. Now listen, here's something better. Hush. Between two English gentlemen. Tussen twee Engelse heren. My dear friend, I am extremely happy to see you. Waarde vriend, ik ben ten uiterste verheugd u te zien. Tussen haakjes, bezichtigen, of a house. Haakjes sluiten. It has been reported for a certainty that you were taken by the Turks and murdered halfway between Leghorn and Sividavecchia. 
men heeft voor de waarheid verteld tussen haakjes als een zekerheid verhaald haakjes sluiten dat gij van de turken genomen waart en gemoord halfwege tussen livorno en civitavecchia but these atrocities did not befall me maar deze gruwelen zijn mij niet gebeurd you are convinced it is not true gij zijt overtuigd dat zulk onwaar is i am gewisselijk i rejoice that you are restored ik verheug mij dat gij helemaal hersteld zijt geweest tussen haakjes of a building geheel en al gerestaureerd geworden haakjes sluiten there was a noise in the room at this but o'neill went on boldly to finish the dialogue that's enough quite enough for the present said the cape man we'll borrow the wegwijzer from you and bring it back safe no there's no fear we'll mislay it or harm it much too valuable for that but you'll excuse us we can hardly believe you've got that actually in print and we're curious to know what kind of rules those learned grammarians give you'll lend us this mine of wisdom for a few days won't you thank you so much and by the way here are some of your own notes what's this about engert oh said o'neill that's a reminder about a neat phrase i picked up from my landlady did i never tell you well when my cousin came over you know on his way to germany he stayed with me a couple of days he's very athletic a fine wiry muscular young fellow lithe as a willow as you are aware so i wasn't astonished at overhearing the landlady and a crony of hers discussing him they used a rumble of unintelligible words about terence as he passed the two of them on the stairs with the slightest of nods and mounted three steps at a time whistling as he went there was no mistake about their referring to him and amid the chaos of sounds i caught the words eng and engert curious to know how terence's agility or perhaps his swarthy complexion had affected them i turned up these terms of admiration in my dictionary and found eng thin narrow the longer word wasn't there but on the whole it seemed safe to conclude from eng meaning narrow that engert would work out something like fine strapping fellow and an excellent training if that was it my landlady had hit the nail on the head for terence had just been carrying all before him at the last trinity sports her admiring criticism i duly entered in my notes and kept for use some days after terence had left the landlady was praising her son's cleverness to me and to please her i just said that he was a wonderful boy miracle van een jongen was the expression i employed and i was quite proud of it but she didn't seem appreciative of my effort so i fell back on her own idiom fortunately the lad was quite slender and i could dwell with satisfaction on the suitability of my new word hij is zo eng i said ja juffrouw hij is een engert een echte engert she received my encomium on her boy with speechless indignation and rose and left the room you can't be too careful added o'neill thoughtfully jack said one of the students i prefer your own notes even to boyton haven't you some more ah what's this he inquired turning to some pencilings inside the back dat zou je wel willen he read aloud signification doubtful and here's one marked commercial 
will consider the transaction as settled. Dutch apparently something like, dat zal ik u betaald zetten. Here's another, labelled, not deftig, but very popular. Ben je niet goed snik? Translation seems to be, you're not quite able to follow my meaning. Ah, no more? That's a pity. Oh, I've plenty more, interposed O'Neill, but not here. And you want to read this Boyton volume? Let me finish the dialogue between English gentlemen, and you may have the work. The first Englishman says, Ik bid u, meneer, laat mij geen onheusheid begaan. Then the other, the man who had been so disappointed that his friend wasn't murdered, answers politely, Ik weet zeer wel welke eerbied ik u schuldig ben. Up to this moment, the two acquaintances seem to have got on fairly well together in spite of some difficulties. Why two Englishmen, when they met in Paris about the year of grace 1805, should plunge into a complimentary dialogue in Dutch is not very clear. But that there was a lurking feeling of antagonism in the gossip's mind towards his compatriot seems to be shown by the remark that he now makes to wind up the dialogue. Mejuffrouw, ik bid u duizendmaal om verschoning, indien ik heden enige onheusheid omtrent u bega. That was final. The returned traveller hasn't a word for himself, after he's called Mejuffrouw. Mind you, gentlemen, continued O'Neill, holding Boyton aloft like a trophy, if I did try to stop two prolonged conversations in that gracefully irrelevant fashion, I'd caught the trick of it from Brandnetel himself. You have only to go on heaping civilities on your wearisome talker's head, but take care to call him just once, Mejuffrouw, and he'll have to go. It's a neat way of saying good-bye. I never found the method to fail. Some day I'll tell you how supremely effective I found that unexpected little turn. Why, it's nearly as good as Zanik now niet. End of chapter 14